Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Today we have with us Steve Wright, Executive Director of the Arthritis Foundation, Washington, Oregon, and Alaska. We also have Dr. Amish DeVay, Rheumatologist at Virginia Mason Medical Center, and Samantha Shelton, along with her kids, Isabella and Devin, who all suffer with arthritis and Samantha is a current Arthritis Foundation board member. We're going to start off with Steve Wright, Executive Director of the Arthritis Foundation, Washington, Oregon, and Alaska. Let's start with how it's been impacted by COVID. Sure. So, you know, the Arthritis Foundation survives, lives off of donations from generous people all across the country. And, you know, unfortunately, many nonprofits have taken a hit. We have two. Right now, what we're trying to do is use the resources that we have, use technology to reach people since we haven't been able to meet in person. Those resources that we have that are available online and by phone and other methods have been very successful. We've seen about a 70% uptick in our phone calls at our helpline, and we've seen uh, over 60% more people on our online forums. So people are utilizing what we have. It's very sad that to see all of the donations go down so much. That's how we've been impacted most. You know, and it, like I said, it's not just the Arthritis Foundation. It's, it's every nonprofit in every different sector across the nonprofit world. Just hope that, I hope when we come out of this, so many of these nonprofits that are so important to people's lives and stay in business. I hope so, too. There are some people with the means to do that, that they will find the way to donate because that is the only way that these nonprofits are going to survive. Exactly. Exactly. So what are some resources that are available to people living with arthritis? Yeah, so we actually, like I said, we have several that are available from everybody's homes. That's uh, mostly using our websites, and we have a COVID-19 website and how it relates to arthritis, all the different forms of arthritis, and that's at arthritis.org forward slash coronavirus. So that's that's one, and an important one. Like I said, the helpline has received uh, you know quite a bit of uh, uptick. It is run by three social workers, licensed social workers, and that can be reached at 800-283-7800 or by email at helpline at arthritis.org. So those are a couple of things. Then, you know, we also have, uh, I mentioned the online community, and that's at liveyes.arthritis.org. And that's an opportunity to ask questions of, of friends and family and people across the country that are dealing with similar things. And we also have providers that monitor that helpline or that community, online community. So you can ask questions of the physicians. And again, that was L-V as in Victor S? L-I-V-E-Y-E-S. L-I-V-E-Y-E-S. Live at arthritis.org. Yeah. Oh, good. And then how can people get involved with and support the Arthritis Foundation? Yeah, you know, there's a couple different ways right now. We're we have in in Bellingham. It's just kind of kind of cool because we usually do our galas and things and they're in person. But so if you're not living in Bellingham, you wouldn't be able to go to this. But now that it's online and going to be virtual, <laughs> right? Right. So that's coming up in in mid July, and uh, people can find out more information on our website, which is arthritis.org forward slash Washington. And then in, in the fall, we'll have another gala, but that one will be, was originally scheduled to be downtown Seattle, and that will be online as well. So it'll be interesting to see how those go. But so far, we've got a lot of, lot of great ideas, and we're going to make it fun. So oh, I hope good. people will jo- join us at those, those opportunities. And then, you know, of course, we'll have our Jingle Bell runs in December, planning on having one in Bellingham and one in Seattle right now. 
Uh, we hope we can do those in person. So we'll just have to wait and see. Oh, wonderful. Well, I do know that some other nonprofits I've talked with that have done some virtual things have been very happy and, and felt like that opened more doors for them. So I'm hoping the same for you. Yeah, thank you. I love the love the positive attitude, and uh, let's let's keep that going. Thank yeah, you. definitely. Thank you so much, Steve. Okay, we have Dr. Amish Devay, your rheumatologist at Virginia Mason Medical Center, and a member of the King County Medical Society Board of Trustees, chair of Public Health Committee, and also an Arthritis Foundation board member. Talk about how COVID nineteen has impacted. Yeah, so I think generally speaking, as a rheumatologist, we take care of patients with autoimmune diseases, including all four forms of arthritis. And there's over 400 different types of arthritis. Really? Yeah. So in the United States, rheumatoid arthritis is the most common type of arthritis that we see in terms of autoimmune disease, affecting about 1% to 2% of the entire population. So this is a tough time for a lot of people with arthritis for a lot of reasons. We have patients who are on immunosuppressive medications. Those are medicines that you see on television all the time, like Enbrel and Humira, that help to control autoimmune diseases by reducing uh, inflammation and joint pain, they also slightly suppress the immune system as well. And so we're learning about what that might mean, especially in the time of a pandemic like COVID. And then it's also a tough time for a lot of people with arthritis because they're staying at home. And so they're finding that not only are they walking less, but it's also a time when people are gaining a lot of weight, which puts pressure on our joints. And also being at home can also affect people's mood. And we know that there's a strong association between joint pain and depression also. And so this is a tough time for people with arthritis in a lot of ways. Can you say more about the connection with depression and joint pain? Yeah, so I would say that, you know, generally speaking, if you're in a lot of pain and you feel like you're not able to do all of the things that you love doing um, in terms of getting outside, being able to take walks because of your pain, it can definitely affect your mood. And we're also finding that people are a lot more anxious right now uh, for good reason because of the pandemic and also they're lacking a lot of their social supports, not being able to see a lot of their family members. And that can affect both their mood as well as their pain levels in general. Because when we have things that are reducing our stress, that are taking our mind off of our pain, we also tend to improve our overall health in general. And that helps with controlling autoimmune disease. What advice are you giving patients to deal with this being at home and all of that? I'm really telling my patients that it's important to recognize that uh, physical distancing does not mean social distancing. It's so important for people to take that time to call up people who you've been thinking about for years. They're often, you know, I often find that when my patients do that, they realize that those friends are have been waiting for that phone call for a long time. Um, you know, whether it's Zoom or picking up a regular phone call, that's important. And then I'm telling my patients in Washington State to go outside. I'm actually asking them to wear a mask, stay six feet away from other people. But I remind my patients all the time, including today, that we live in a beautiful part of the world. It's important to get out to the state parks. More than 100 state parks have opened up over a month ago, per Governor Inslee. important to wear your mask when you're going outside, but I want them to walk to get their steps in. I'm having a lot of my patients download pedometer apps so they can watch how many steps they're doing every day. Because we, generally speaking, we know that for every extra pound you weigh, there's eight pounds on your knees. And that starts to put more pressure on our knees. It starts to put more pressure on our back. And so trying to keep off the COVID-19 pounds is important too for people's arthritis. And what's a good number of steps? 
Yeah, so it depends on the individual. And so it also depends on, you know, what your baseline walking is. For some people, they're able to walk three miles a day. Other people are, you know, I have people with rheumatoid arthritis who are doing like five miles every Saturday and Sunday. And then I have other people who are only able to walk a half mile because of how much pain they have. So we know more steps is better. And so having sort of an app that you're tracking um, your step count in general and trying to slowly increase every week, every month, 200 to 300 to 500 extra steps a day. That's really the key. So there's no one target. It's really about trying to increase how much you're doing on a weekly or monthly basis. So it sounds like mood is important and you want to reach out, not isolate. Yeah, and that's also where I would say uh, groups like the Arthritis Foundation are wonderful because they're really providing a lot of support groups, both online and then historically in person also, of individuals who are living with arthritis all the time. And so being part of a support group right now is more important than ever for a lot of my patients with arthritis. Um, And I welcome them to check out the Arthritis Foundation's website online to see where there might be support groups nearby them. Mood and then moving, it sounds like, getting your steps in. And what about, does water, you know, we always hear stay hydrated. Does that play into this at all? Well, I think, you know, doctors are always in general supportive of hydration. I think that, you know, for arthritis, it matters a little bit less. But certainly, you know, if you haven't been outside in a long time, um, and you haven't been pushing yourself on the steps, staying hydrated is important too so that you don't get fatigued or exhausted. Well, is there anything else that you would like to tell us before we let you get back to your patients? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, this is a good time to reach out to your doctors. You know, right now with the pandemic, a lot of practices have moved to telemedicine, even though the physical offices might be closed still for a lot of practices in Washington state. A lot of doctors are responding to messages online, and you can ask if you're unclear or unsure about your own safety about going into a clinic visit to do a televisit online instead. If your clinic has that possibility, we're really encouraging our patients with autoimmune disease to take advantage of it. Now, there are some things where you might need a regular clinic visit, especially if you need a steroid injection or a joint uh, to get aspirated or injected. And also, in general, if it's unclear what the cause of your pain is, that's where your clinic might still want you to come in to get evaluated and to figure out what's going on with the joints. I think that's really good to know because it feels like when all this first hit, it was like, don't go to the doctor, don't call your doctor, hold off. It's good to hear you say, go ahead, call. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think what we're learning about the pandemic is that, you know, your health can wait for a little bit, but not for you know, months and months. And while we wait to figure out how long this pandemic is going to take place, we don't want people with arthritis to watch their joints disintegrate. Um, You know, it's important to get rheumatoid arthritis, to get lupus, to get vasculitis and psoriatic arthritis and other types of autoimmune disease under control. So if if your medications are not working for you, if your pain is not being well controlled, don't just wait. Um, Please reach out, whether it's to your primary care doctor or your rheumatologist for better support. It feels like self-care is really important right now. Oh, more than ever. I think especially as so many people are feeling isolated, we want to make sure they know their doctors are there for them. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'll just give you a chance. Is there anything else that I've overlooked or that you want to say? I'll edit this me talking out. <laughs> oh, no, no. This was wonderful. Um, uh, you know, I, I would just say, um, uh, I, I would again just emphasize that 
Um, you know, if, if you feel like you're seeing an abnormal skin rash, if you feel like your joints are more inflamed than usual, those are all things that we don't want to wait. We are seeing right now with the pandemic that people are waiting too long to get in touch with healthcare, and we're finding that people are waiting uh, when they have chest pain, and we're finding that there are heart attacks that are probably being missed. There are probably cancer diagnoses that are being missed. Please let your doctors know if there's if you feel like something's abnormal. We don't want people uh, waiting too long to get their colonoscopies, to be waiting for their regular mammograms. We want people to start going back into their doctors and to get their routine health care so that diagnoses are not missed. Oh, thank you so much. That is so good to hear. I feel like we're kind of in a time where we can start to breathe again. It's like we've been holding our breath. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we want people to get back in. Again, what's the Arthritis Foundation website? It, it's arthritis.org. And is there a particular one for Washington State? So the arthritis.org website will uh, guide you towards your state itself. It does actually guide you by your state and your region. Currently, Washington State, Alaska, and Oregon are single northwest area. But the actual website, yep, through arthritis.org, you can find also the Seattle-based region. So that's up there based on the Seattle office. You can connect with the Arthritis Foundation. Great. So Dr. Amish DeVay, rheumatologist at Virginia Mason Medical Center, thank you so much for your great advice and insight and help during this hard time. Thank you so much for giving me a call today. So I have now with me Samantha Shelton, and she's a current Arthritis Foundation board member. Welcome. Hello. So you have children living with juvenile arthritis? Both my children are living with juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Is that how come you're involved with the Arthritis Foundation? Yeah. We started 10 years ago when my daughter was four. We got a diagnosis, and we have been a part of the Arthritis Foundation in several states. I am surprised. I did not realize that children had arthritis. So can you say more about that? We didn't know that either. And we thought my daughter was colicky baby and just didn't want to be put down and couldn't understand why she wasn't running, why she didn't want to crawl, why she always wanted to be picked up. And it took a lot of tests, a lot of bone marrow biopsies for a di- finally getting a diagnosis after being in advanced class and having her legs swell up and she couldn't move. Yeah. That must have been so scary as a parent. It was scary when we had been to a hospital in Tennessee, a hospital in Alabama, and nobody, uh, several pediatricians, and nobody knew what was going on. That was what was scary. So how has this impacted your life and your family, having two kids with this? It, it took some getting used to. We have um, immunosuppressed medication. So during certain parts of the year, we kind of quarantine ourselves for our kids are pretty used to quarantine, really? uh, especially during the cold and flu season. They're, they are home for school for a couple months so because the uh, medications lower their immune system, and even a cold can be detrimental. So this time of COVID must be really tough. This is really tough. We have a lot of anxiety. We don't know how the virus will be on us and how precautious we have to take and cautious not to be overzealous about what we need to do and how to decontaminate every time we leave the house. How are you dealing with this, Samantha? I can't imagine. Actually, lots of arts and crafts and gardening. (laughs) Gardening. Yeah, anxiety has been the word that I'm just hearing. And this is from families that don't necessarily 
have vulnerabilities. So for you to have this kind of vulnerability, I just can't imagine the anxiety level. So you say art and gardening? Yes, I paint and then I have a massive garden. Mm. Do the kids garden with you? Yes. Actually, they were out there this morning with me, stringing up my peas. Oh, sweet peas? Yes. Hello, my name is Isabella. Hi, Isabella. You're 14 years old? Yes, I have juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Okay, and you've had it since you were four, so for 10 years now? Yep. And how do you deal with it? Um, I'm not very athletic, so I have to go, you know, do lots of, as my mom said, arts and crafts, find alternate ways to keep myself busy. And this lockdown for COVID, how is it different from when you usually kind of have to isolate during cold and flu season? Well, it's definitely for a longer amount of time, Um, but it's not a whole lot different. We have our own little homeschooling curriculum, which we have done in the past. Mm -hmm. It's not a whole lot different. And what do you like to do? What keeps you busy? I like to draw and I like to paint. I read, talk with friends. Try to keep myself busy. So two questions. When you talk to friends, do you do it via phone or Zoom? We just use text. We FaceTime. We use Zoom. We use many different ways to communicate. Great. And what do you like to draw? I personally like to draw. I like drawing flowers, people. Really? Yep. You just kind of take it in stride. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is there any like certain thing that you have to deal with that is a little harder than other things? Yeah, definitely. Like when we had family night, okay, like we have family night every week. And before this whole quarantine thing, we used to go bowling a lot. And it was really hard on my joints. Yeah. So you just pushed through it then? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) You also get bullying. School was really hard this past year. Bullying? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Can you say more about that? I had a two knee surgeries within the same year last year, and I got a lot of bullying because I was in a wheelchair for a long time. Mm. And a lot of people said that I was, like, faking it because they couldn't see my scar because I could, like, wear pants over it. But I had a brace, so a lot of people thought I was, like, faking it and just getting out of, like, doing certain things, like, in PE class. That that was <laughs> wow. That was hard. And she was able to walk then. She got cleared to walk, but she wasn't cleared to march. And so she used her wheelchair to march in the parade in Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids then started giving her a hard time and being really mean to her and thought she was just trying to get attention. Oh, that makes me so sad. Now, what what it makes me wonder about, is there like a support group for, for kids and teens with this where they can like support each other? If The Authorized Foundation, we, there is an annual convention and where kids across the country and families can come together and all meet each other. And it's a lot of fun because everyone there, they really understand what life is with arthritis and how hard it is. And that really, nobody judges you for anything. It's, it's really cool. And it's a lot of fun. I've met friends from two years ago that I continue to talk to on a regular basis. It, it's really fun. Did you find that anybody else had gone through that? Like, did you reach out and say, hey, this is happening at school? Oh, yes. A vast majority of the kids that I had met, and we all, lots of us shared our stories and stuff. A lot of us had gone through bullying. Wow. And what was interesting at the conference last year, at the mom's portion, we have a mom's group where we break out and 
on how many moms um, had got up and spoke about how many kids wanted to commit suicide because of bullying and because of pain. And I think that's another reason we keep going to these conferences and meeting people and trying to get awareness out because these kids are living with pain and, Mm. you know, and there's no cure. And until we find a cure, we have lots of kiddos who need some help and some support. Now, are there awareness programs on your website? Yes. The Arthritis Foundation has a packet and we bring it to our teachers and it tells you how to talk to your teacher, what the teacher should look for when, when your child can't lift a backpack. So finding accommodations for that, what to do when the kids are being bullied. Well, Isabella, you're my new hero. Until I talk to Devin, then I'm going to have two. Devin, you are 15 and you have arthritis as well. That is correct. And how has it affected you? Pretty similarly to my sister over here, it's mostly socialization has been a problem, being active. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you like to do? Uh, I just like to read pretty much now sci-fi books and so what's your favorite video game right now minecraft (laughs) awesome and how is this covid different for you it's just a tiny bit harder but not a huge difference do you have anything that you would like people to know about kids with arthritis yeah that's significantly tougher having it than kids that don't have it so don't try to equate them together it's You can't do that. There's two separate categories. Between the two of you, tell me what kids can do. We've got kids listening right now, and they may have kids in their school if they ever get to go back. What can kids do to be be more helpful or be more accepting of what you're going through? Definitely try your hardest to to empathize with these kids because it is really hard, Mm -hmm. and oftentimes, like, a volunteer to help, like any small thing, like holding a door open, getting a book for you, helping you upstairs, like, or just making sure nobody will bump you if you go upstairs, because that is a big thing, just small things like that, but really try to empathize, and really don't be, like, nervous to ask. So it's okay to say, hey, why are you in a wheelchair, or why are you walking slow? Yeah, because personally, I like it when people actually ask me and want to know what actually is going on. And not just assuming. So it's okay to be curious and and ask questions. Yes, but don't be like mean and rude about it. Right. How about you, Devin? Don't, it it may be invisible, but just don't ignore it and try to help other people out. Right. Just because they can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Correct. Yeah. So something I always think about and I try to say in situations is just, I believe you. Do you feel like you're trying to explain everything away because, you know, people aren't believing you? Yes. Yeah, so you shouldn't have to defend yourself everywhere you go. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much. Is there anything else you want to say, including Samantha? We have the gala. Well, we did have a gala. It's called the Bone Bash in October and November, and it's going to be virtual this year. So maybe we can spread the word and spread the love. Great. And what is that? How will they find out about it and sign up? There will be some information on the Arthritis Foundation website. And the e-vice will go out shortly. Okay. And so if they want to support, find out more. We're going to have an online auction. And we're also going to have stories from the doctors that treat this. We're going to have stories from some kiddos and some families to show and give a, you know, a peek inside of what life is like yeah. with, with arthritis. I love and that because I just know listening to your kids, I'm just 
I want to go beat somebody up right now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that way sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine when you hear that they're struggling at school and because people are just pretty much ignorant, right? They are. And it's an invisible disease. So it's not like we look sick because I don't know if you know this as well. I have it as well as them. It's hard when one day you can walk and one day you can't. We take chemotherapy medicine and we feel sick. Our our hair falls out. People don't understand that, you know, you look sick for a week and then you look great. So what were some of the symptoms? How might they know their children or themselves may have this? For children, it's a warm, swollen joint. Mm. Kids not wanting to run and play. My daughter was four years old when she ran for the first time, not wanting to write or hold writing utensils. Those kind of fine motor skills are very hard with fingers. And for me, it was my back. Just one day, I was at a fairgrounds with my family, and I sat down, and I could not get back up. I knew then what exactly what it was. Wow. So you guys are really entrenched in this, in being a board member, helping people become aware, and then let alone living with it. Yes. Yes. And And with these two having it prior to myself, They're my warriors. I look up to them because if they can handle this, I know I can. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's what I felt when I was listening to them. I'm like, these kids are so strong and so amazing. Good job, mom, being there for them and helping them be able to walk through all of this and being involved and being on the board. Now, if somebody wants to go for the gala, where would they go to? The arthritisfoundation.org, Seattle Bone Bash. Well, thank you all, Samantha, Isabella, and Devin. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, that is fantastic. We want to tell you thank you for this opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. I hope you got to say everything you wanted to. Thank you, and I hope the Bone Bash is a big bash for you. I hope more people than ever show up. I hope so as well. Thank you, Lori. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. I know I have. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.